Welcome to Cases and Controversies, a legal podcast by Bloomberg Law. I'm Kimberly Robinson. One of the presidency's most robust powers is the power to pardon convicted criminals and to commute their sentences. The power to pardon is a beautiful thing. I'm joined today by Jordan Rubin, our criminal law reporter. Hey, Jordan. Howdy. Now, you recently wrote a story on President Trump's use of the pardon power, in which you say that he's gotten off to a pretty early and some might say haphazard start to using the pardon power. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. So a bunch of experts who I spoke to, they all say that when it comes to President Trump's use of clemency so far, two main objective things stand out. One is that he's gotten off to a much quicker start than his most recent predecessors, Obama, Clinton, uh, George W. Bush. And the second thing that stands out is that he apparently is not at all using the Office of the Pardon Attorney, which is the office in the Department of Justice that reviews applications for clemency and makes recommendations. Now, I think in your story, you said that uh, President uh, or President Trump's immediate predecessors hadn't issued a single pardon or clemency in their first two years in office. Uh, But how many has President Trump done so far? So nine people have gotten clemency from President Trump so far. That includes both pardons and commutations. And in the case of the Hammonds, the ranchers who most recently got clemency from Trump, both pardons and commutations. So that's much more than Uh, Trump's most recent predecessors who hadn't done any by this point. And then you you also mentioned that President Trump is kind of working outside of the normal process. What is the normal process for these kinds of um, clemencies? So the normal process, which is set up within the Department of Justice, there actually is an office called the Office of the Pardon Attorney. And so if you are looking to get clemency, whether uh, you're looking for a pardon, you apply. There's sort of a very standardized application process. There's Department of Justice guidelines, and you fill out this application, and there are requirements uh, such as waiting a certain amount of time after a conviction, demonstrating evidence of rehabilitation, things like that. And it's a very lengthy process. There's a lot of paperwork that you have to fill out. And after that, the Department of Justice will then review the application, and there are multiple levels of review before it ultimately gets to the president. Now, I should say that although some people have criticized the fact that President Trump has not been apparently utilizing this process, the process itself had actually been criticized by other people who advocate for clemency as well because the Office of the Pardon Attorney is within the Department of Justice. So some say that there is a conflict of interest in an office within the Department of Justice reviewing applications for clemency when it comes to cases where the Department of Justice itself secured the convictions because the president can only consider clemency for federal crimes. So literally every case that's coming before the Office of the Pardon Attorney for consideration of clemency stemmed from a conviction that was secured by DOJ itself. So even though people have criticized President Trump's idiosyncratic process, that's not to say that the process itself doesn't have its own problems that people had criticized too. 
And now, is that process required by the Constitution, or is it just something that's been developed through practice? Absolutely not required by the Constitution. It's something, like you said, it's been required uh, by a certain process that presidents, whether they've felt themselves bound by it or not, have used, at least more so than Trump. That's not to say that uh, presidents besides Trump have not deviated from that process as well. It's just that it's been the norm, at least, in recent presidencies. So can you tell us what uh, President Trump's process has been? I can't. Nobody can, exactly. We can only look at what's happened so far. We can deduce from how certain things have happened what something sort of like a process might be. And, and really, it's it looks like the best way to have gotten clemency from Trump so far is really through, whether it's through some sort of personal connection or somebody you know who winds up advocating on your behalf, whether it's a celebrity like Sylvester Stallone in the posthumous pardon of Jack Johnson. Uh, this was very important to Sylvester Stallone, my friend for a long time, Sly, and the whole group. Whether it's Kim Kardashian when it comes to the commutation of Alice Johnson. I thought Kim Kardashian was great because she brought Alice to my attention. Alice was so great. Whether it's someone who is well-known already, like the ex-sheriff Joe Arpaio, Dinesh D'Souza, these are people who either were already widely known by being famous themselves or something about their cause either became famous too or wound up being promoted by someone who was famous. So we've talked a little bit about some of the criticism that the president's received by not following the process, but the criticisms of his clemency so far aren't limited just to that, right? Can you tell us what some are saying about about um, who he's uh, given these clemencies to? Sure. So probably the two most controversial so far, arguably, have been Joe Arpaio and Dinesh D'Souza. Some people might have different specific reasons for criticizing others. But if you go back to the Arpaio part, and that's what really started this all off. And so there's a lot to say about that. But I guess part of the main criticism is that it, uh, some people would say it is part of a trend of the president using his clemency power to either reward his allies, uh, rile up his foes, or some combination of both. You'll recall that Joe Arpaio, who was in law enforcement, was convicted of contempt of court for violating a judge's order not to engage in racial profiling. You had President Trump, who ran on this sort of law and order style campaign similar to what Richard Nixon did, and then he turns around and his clemency is issued for the first time to Joe Arpaio, a person in law enforcement who literally broke the law. He's done a great job for the people of Arizona. He's very strong on borders, very strong on illegal immigration. He is loved in Arizona. I thought he was treated unbelievably unfairly when they came down with their big decision to go get him. And so that was something that he was criticized for from the start. Um, different uh, instances of his clemency have been criticized to varying degrees besides that. I, I mentioned the D'Souza pardon, Dinesh D'Souza, someone who um, could be called different things. A provocateur is, is one thing, certainly. He, his comments and his writings have provoked p 
people, at least who would probably consider themselves liberal, maybe other people don't like him as well. He was convicted of uh, campaign finance violation. So people saw different things to criticize there of the Dinesh D'Souza pardon. One of them was just for the fact of who he was. People felt just as a person, he was not someone who was deserving of this. And again, this goes back to the the DOJ process. Part of it is showing some sort of remorse or rehabilitation. And so some might have felt that he did not sufficiently show that. There's another aspect, the fact that it dealt with elections. This has been sort of a theme of Trump uh, being self-conscious, let's say, about things surrounding elections. This was also a prosecution secured in the Southern District of New York by Pre Bararo when he was the U.S. attorney. This is someone who wound up becoming a vocal critic of Trump and who was fired by Trump, as were a bunch of other U.S. attorneys. But Barrar's firing was a little bit different because it was looking like at some point he was going to stay on. And then he was fired by President Trump. And after Dinesh D'Souza received the pardon, one of the first things he did on Twitter was sort of rub it in Preet Bharara's face in a way that, despite clemency being something stemming from executive grace, some would say it was not a graceful way to act after receiving that grace. So it seems like a lot of the criticisms are that, you know, not only is President Trump using these pardons in a political way, but they all seem to uh, be on behalf of individuals who are more right-leaning. Right. Well, right. Uh, you can at least say that about them on the whole. Maybe there are exceptions that, that prove that rule. Like we mentioned the pardon of Jack Johnson, the commutation of Alice Johnson. Uh, again, those two, what's different about those is that they were both also prompted by different celebrities who were able to get close to the president. So there are little things that you can pick at for each one, but I think sort of all other things being equal, the uh, pardon of Jack Johnson, the commutation of Alice Johnson on their face are are ones that people probably would not otherwise criticize. And another thing I'll add that's interesting about those two and maybe is part of what motivated Trump to do them is that they were both clearly passed over by the Obama administration. And Trump himself announced that uh, when he was issuing the posthumous pardon to Jack Johnson. Congress has supported numerous resolutions calling for Johnson's pardon. Went through Congress numerous times. No president ever signed it, surprisingly. They thought it was going to be signed in the last administration, and that didn't happen. So that was very disappointing for a lot of people. So again, that's another theme that's tied into what Trump is doing here. And we've seen that as part of a trend of his larger steps that he's taken during this administration of if it's something that Obama did do, I'm not doing it. If it's something Obama didn't do, I'm going to do that. So like I said, there's different things that you can pick at. Some probably are more justified than others, but those are just some things that people have noticed about those grants of clemency so far. And now you mentioned that two of the clemencies were ones that the Obama administration had passed over, but that's not because the Obama administration didn't issue a lot of um, clemencies, right? Right. So even though Obama hadn't done anything clemency-wise by this point in his tenure, he did launch a historic effort at the end uh, where he commuted a record number of sentences, many for a nonviolent drug offenses. It was part of a huge initiative. And again, those were commutations as opposed to pardons. That was sort of 
what more of marked Obama's clemency was those commutations as opposed to issuing uh, a great number of pardons. That was a program that was not continued by Trump. Again, going back to the Alice Johnson commutation, it was interesting. I was at an event last week that was hosted by a group called the Justice Roundtable. This was at uh, GW Law School. And Alice Johnson, who had received the Trump commutation, she was one of the speakers there. And a bunch of other people were talking about how, you know, there were things that the Obama commutation program, even though it was good, it could have been better. They pointed to an example of Alice Johnson, for one, as someone who they thought should have received that. And I'll just also note, because it was interesting to me to watch that Alice Johnson mentioned the feeling of betrayal, really, in being passed over by the last administration. So that's just an example to show that even though there are maybe themes that characterize one administration like the Obama administration and the Trump administration, there are exceptions maybe that, that prove the rule. And so Trump's approach has been different, and I think people are just seeking to try to adapt to that maybe rather than criticize it and try to be productive maybe about sort of what to make of this situation and maybe even use it to their advantage in terms of being able to get clemency from Trump. Hmm. Well, of course, pardons are a hot topic surrounding the Mueller investigation into um, any possible collusion between the Trump campaign and Russia in the 2016 elections. Tell me a little bit about uh, some of the restrictions on the pardoning power, and in particular, whether or not the president can pardon himself. So in terms of restrictions on the pardon power, there really aren't many. Uh, They're limited to... Uh, crimes against the United States, uh, as it says in the Constitution, that means federal crimes. So the president can't issue clemency for state crimes. The other one is that the president cannot uh, issue clemency in a case of impeachment. Besides that, there are really no limits. There's no specific guideline for the president to use aside from those guidelines laid out in the Constitution. So whether that means the president can pardon himself, that's something that's an open question. It'll be interesting to see if that question is actually tested. Um, There are different arguments as to why the president can or cannot pardon himself. On the president can't pardon himself side of the argument, people make sort of a broad argument saying, you know, no one is above the law. There's no way that the framers would have contemplated a situation where this would be okay. No, 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 I'm not above the law. I never want anybody to be above the law. But the pardons are a very positive thing for a president. I think you see the way I'm using them. And yes, I do have an absolute right to pardon myself, but I'll never have to do it because I didn't do anything wrong. And everybody knows it. On the flip side, people look and say, no, if you look at the way that the Constitution was established, the fact that it allows uh, for impeachment, that actually shows uh, really the only mechanism that a president can be, uh, that, that shows the only way that a president can be removed from office. And so, yes, maybe uh, a president will pardon himself, but then you know he can be impeached after that. And so there are different ways to read the text of the Constitution there. It just uh, hasn't been tested in this way yet. So as with other things with Trump, maybe we'll, we'll see if that's another test that we'll get to see how it plays out. Well, thank you so much, Jordan. This has been uh, really interesting. Uh, everybody, you can follow Jordan's work at Bloomberg Law at news.bloomberglaw.com. Com. <laughs>
All of today's clips have been provided by C-SPAN. <laughs> Thank you, Jordan. Knew it. And as always, thanks so much for listening. Bye.